Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. It is Thursday, December 8th, and this is People Every Day. Hey there, everyone. Janine Rubenstein back with you. Big shout out to Nigel Smith for keeping the seat warm for me for a day. But you guys, you guys, she is out. Brittany Griner is on her way home from Russia, and I am just so, so, so happy for her and her wife, Sherelle, and just really everyone who's been keeping her story alive. We'll, of course, be taking a deep dive into how it all went down. Plus, part one of the Megan and Harry docuseries is out on Netflix, and there is so much to talk about. Busy day, so let's get into what else has been making news. Hello, everyone. I've been dealing with problems with my health for a long time. And it's been really difficult for me to face these challenges. That was the voice of superstar singer Celine Dion. Earlier today, the Canadian-born singer shared an emotional video where she revealed to fans that she would be canceling some of her upcoming shows due to an ongoing illness. The My Heart Will Go On singer said she's been diagnosed with stiff person syndrome, a rare and incurable neurological disease that can cause debilitating muscle spasms. The condition, according to the Stiff Person Syndrome Foundation, affects the central nervous system, specifically the brain and spinal cord. Quote, patients can be disabled wheelchair-bound or bedridden, unable to work and care for themselves. The disease can also include symptoms like hyperrigidity, uh, debilitating pain, chronic anxiety, and muscle spasms, quote, so violent they can dislocate joints and even break bones. In her video posted to Instagram in both French and English, Dion said that she's been battling the spasms and that they, quote, affect every aspect of my daily life. She further explained that the spasms are so severe that they sometimes cause difficulties when I walk and not allowing me to use my vocal cords to sing the way I'm used to. But the five-time Grammy winner said that she is not giving up on being able to perform again. She said her three sons have been very supportive. She has a great team of doctors and told fans, quote, All I know is singing. It's what I've done all my life. And it's what I love to do the most. Because of her condition, Dion's spring 2023 shows have been rescheduled to 2024, while eight of her summer shows, uh, previously scheduled for May 31st to July 17th, 2023, have been canceled altogether. This disease sounds so scary, and she's just 54. We are wishing her all the best that she can not only get back on stage, but also continue with a long and healthy life. And now it's time to get into the story that put a huge smile on my face as soon as I saw it this morning. Brittany Griner is coming home. I spoke with Brittany Griner. She's safe. She's on a plane. She's on her way home. After months of being unjustly detained in Russia, held under intolerable circumstances, Brittany will soon be back in the arms of her loved ones. That, my friends, was President Joe Biden announcing the news this morning, which we have all been hoping for. 
WNBA star Brittany Griner was released from Russian custody after being detained in the country back in February for allegedly smuggling narcotic drugs. The 32-year-old's release was the result of a one-for-one prisoner swap for international arms dealer Victor Bout as President Joe Biden signed off on the release. And now, as Brittany is back home, in the United States, we couldn't be happier. And I am so excited to have with me someone who is no stranger to this show. ESPN correspondent Angela Rye is here. And Angela, man, I have been smiling nonstop since hearing that Brittany is now a free woman after spending nearly 10 months in Russian custody. So uh, where were you when you first heard the news and, and what thoughts immediately came to mind? I just was so elated to hear people's responses on text the thank yous. There was one person in particular, Joteka, who I owe a callback, Joteka Edie, who runs Win With Black Women, who said thank you. But Joteka's platform and what she did with so many amazing Black women who stood with Brittany, who said they couldn't wait to write her letters, to send her love, to offer her encouraging words. I just know that's got to mean the world when you're feeling like everyone's forgotten about you. It's been 294 days and you don't know when you're going to see your family again. There were people all over the world standing in solidarity with Brittany. And I think that is part of what keeps hope alive and ensured her very safe return. Well, as President Biden announced Brittany would be coming home, her wife, Sherelle, stood alongside him in the Oval Office at the White House. And she even took the podium expressing her joy for this moment. Today, I'm just standing here um, overwhelmed with emotions, but the most important emotion that I have right now is just sincere gratitude um, for President Biden and his entire administration. I can only imagine the busy day she is having, but have you gotten the chance to speak to Sherelle or any other members of Brittany's family? Any idea how they're taking the news? I have not spoken to Sherelle, but I know that they are taking it all in. I know this has to feel unreal and overdue for Sherelle and for Brittany. So I'm just sending them love and trying to ensure that I give her and them as much space as possible to just really reunite. I think the thing that shouldn't be lost upon us is, or lost on us, is how significant this was, how taxing emotionally, mentally, and physically this had to have been for Brittany. We really should be affording her the space needed to recover. Her main love of basketball is another love. I can't imagine the trauma now that she may be experiencing just by going to practice. Like, remember, she was only going over to Russia to reunite with UMMC at Kenberg. And so for her to not be able to play a sport she loves, to not be able to see the people she loves, to miss so many holidays. Thanksgiving, of course, just passed. She's home in time for Christmas to celebrate that with loved ones. But this is a pretty significant blow, and we need to ensure that Brittany has all of the resources needed to really recover and be her best and full self. Well, this is what everyone was literally praying and hoping for, but did you think it would actually happen? We've talked at length about how the Russian legal system is far stricter than what we're accustomed to here in the States. I'm going to be honest with you. In the moments where I doubted, Sherelle has always been there to demonstrate how much she was going to hold on to hope. Like, there are so many prognosticators and people who thought 
Putin would never, that, you know, he didn't want to give Joe Biden that win. We know he didn't want to do that before the midterms. That was abundantly clear. But there were so many of us who believed that it would happen on the other side of the midterms. What I knew is that Brittany could not serve a full nine-year sentence for something that was a mistake and something so small, especially here when we're looking at overhauling cannabis offenses in this country, that it would take an arms dealer for her exchange. And I think that that goes to what the world tends to think about Black folks, that we are inherently violent and criminal. And so it takes someone who does a crime that is triple, 10 times worse than what, 100 times worse than what Brittany could even consider or imagine. And so that is part of what is so frustrating about this. Well, you mentioned it there. This release came at a big price, of course. If you can remind folks, what do we know about the man on the other side of this swap, Victor Bout? We know that Victor Bout is an arms dealer, um, has been deemed very dangerous uh, globally. And this is why I'm saying Brittany, in exchange for Victor Bout, is significantly unfair. But what we know about Vladimir Putin, about Russia, about their court system, about the penal colony where Brittany just was, is that it was never set up to be just. So it is not surprising that the exchange for Britney was also not just. They were going to extract something very painful from the United States in order to secure her return. The reason the United States went in and asked not only for Britney, but also for Paul Whelan, who's been incarcerated unjustly in Russia for a significant amount of time, was to try to make that exchange a little more fair. Russia didn't go for that, so I'm not sure when Paul Whelan will be returned or who they will extract from U.S. custody to secure his release, but we know that it will not be fair or just. For sure. And just to pull a little more from Sherelle's statement on Paul, she said, we never forgot about Brittany. We've not forgotten about Paul Whelan. Well, it's no doubt that this has been just a traumatic year for Brittany. Now that she's a free woman, you mentioned earlier to give her that grace, give her that space to just you know, come back into this reality that is actually hers. But do we know if she has any plans in the immediate future, maybe addressing the public sometime soon? I'm just wondering. No, I don't know anything about what Brittany's next plan is. I think right now, just trying to make sure she gets here safely, trying to ensure she has the resources and the support that she needs to fully recover, to fully become BG, her full self again, is the most important priority. It should be all of ours. I know we're eager to hear from her. And I really just hope that we give her the space and the peace to be able to fully recover. And then we'll be, of course, so eager and supportive to hear from Brittany. Well, Angela, thank you so, so much for coming on and always being on the front lines advocating for Brittany's release. And for me and everyone here at People and the podcast, welcome home, Brittany. Thank you all so much. All right, part one of the much-anticipated, I'd say hotly-anticipated Harry and Meghan docuseries dropped on Netflix today. And we are learning so much more about not only life inside the fishbowl of the royal family, but also the early days of Meghan and Harry's relationship. Apparently, the first time they talked to each other was over Instagram, you guys. I had no idea either. Uh, Don't go anywhere. On the other side of the break, we get into what we learned in the first three episodes. Stay right there. 
Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't know if you guys heard, but the first part of a little docuseries called Harry and Meghan premiered on Netflix today. Think The Crown, but absolutely real, extra timely, and no less juicy. Viewers and fans of the royal couple now have an inside look into their love story like never before and can hear from Harry and Meghan themselves about why they stepped down as senior royals. The first three episodes alone have bombshells, you guys. We hear about when Harry met Meghan. Uh, We see sweet moments with their kids, and we get interesting details on Meghan's first time meeting members of the royal family. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about here, so let's get into it. Joining me now is, you guessed it, effervescent royals expert and people's editorial director of society and culture, Michelle Tauber. Hey, Michelle, welcome back. Hi, Janine. Oh, my gosh. Huge, huge day. So something that really took me by surprise immediately was that Harry and Meghan revealed they met through Instagram, like slid into the DMs. (laughs) What? I I thought they were set up on a blind date. Right. This is when, Janine, this is when I'm watching in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh, this is going to be good because exactly what you just said. We had always heard blind date, blind date. And they had said that, by the way. Some of this stuff is sort of like them expanding on what they've said previously or layering in things we hadn't heard or in some cases actually saying, listen, this is what, you know, at the time it was sort of orchestrated this way, but now we're telling you kind of like the real behind the scenes. And what was so interesting, Janine, is that for years we had heard that Harry had a secret Instagram account. And that he used, like, a pseudonym. So he now confirmed that he had a secret Instagram. He used it. They showed it in the documentary. They showed the text messages. And, like, basically says in the documentary that he saw Megan come up on his feed and slid into her DMs, like you said. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. I'm trying to just picture what you do in that moment. And she had the dog face filter on, like, at the height of the dog face filter craze. So it's so crazy. <laughs> and she she had apparently planned a single girl summer. And, you know, she had a lot of plans and all this other stuff. And then here, here comes a prince. Well, as we know, Megan left her previous life behind to become a royal. And when she first met members of the royal family like William, Kate, and the late queen... That came with a few wake-up calls, right? This is a really, really interesting portion of the documentary because Megan, for the first time, goes into detail about what it was like to meet William and Kate 
for the first time. She briefly talked about the meeting with the queen. She thought Harry was joking when he said you were going to have to curtsy and all of the stress around that. But the William and Kate I found especially fascinating because she basically says, I knew that the formalities of the royal family were something that, that are outward facing that the public always sees. But I thought in private, everything's casual. So she says that she like for the first time meeting William and Kate, she's wearing ripped jeans and she throws her arms around Kate in a big hug. And she said, I'm a hugger. And she said she only realized afterward that First of all, hugging can be demonstrative affection. It can be tough for stiff upper lip Brits. I thought it was a really interesting window. Without her kind of saying it, she said it, <laughs> that she felt it was stiff. Even behind the scenes, things were more formal than she had anticipated within the family. Well, there's a few people in this docuseries we get to hear from for the first time, like Megan's mother, Doya Ragland, and her niece, Ashley, her sister, Samantha Markle's daughter. What do they share? When Doria came on, oh my God, <laughs> we haven't heard from Doria before. You know, Janine, we saw her, the, no, and the whole world watched her at the royal wedding. We all remember she was such a portrait of, of grace. It was like sort of a beacon of light at that wedding. Someone who was coming into this incredibly, incredibly high pressure situation, so different from anything anyone would ever know. And she was basically mute. That is, she was, you know, for publicly speaking anyway, for that whole time, like watching her, she has a very calm energy. She's very chill. And I thought it was an interesting contrast to her daughter, who is really expressive and obviously has the acting background, you know, like speaks with a lot of energy and enthusiasm and flourish. And they it was like really clear they're very yin-yang to me anyway. That's what it seemed like. Yeah. And she also emphasized, of course, Doria, how secretive it all had to be at the time that they were sort of like whispering about it and said that she thought Harry seemed handsome and she was surprised how tall he was. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. After that, she was thrust into the spotlight and she talks about, you know, being stalked by the paparazzi and and how she felt for Megan as a parent, all of that stuff. It was just so much. I, I was so happy about that. But what about the others? What about Ashley? Yeah, so Ashley, I, I have to admit, Ashley was not really on our radar. And as you mentioned, I mean, there's a reason for that. She hadn't spoken publicly. She called her biological mother, Samantha Markle, had really been the one in the spotlight, right? So we'd all knew, knew about her. And, you know, Samantha is the one who coined that phrase, princess pushy about Megan, who is her half-sister. And Doria pointed out that there are like 17 years between Thomas Markle's older children and Megan. They really didn't know each other well. But one of the most emotional moments in the documentary, so Ashley is Megan's niece, and they were quite close and are quite close. Megan says she thought of her as little sister. Megan says that they were guided by the palace that Ashley should not come to the wedding when it's revealed that Megan's father, Thomas, is not coming to the wedding. When Megan shares that, and then they cut to Ashley, and she's clearly really devastated and heartbroken by that, that was a very emotional moment because, first of all, again, this relationship is sort of something we're just learning about the closeness between Megan and her niece. And then to see what was lost, we knew already what was lost was not having her father there. And then this niece who she was really close with also couldn't be there. That was sad. Just revelatory, things we just did not know at all. Well, throughout the series, we see the highs and lows. You've been covering royals for 
a long, long time, despite how beautiful and young you look. <laughs> you know all the ins and outs of this family. <laughs> so is there a story that they told in these first three episodes that took you by surprise even? As you can hear, I should say, I'm riveted by all of it. I say that because, as you know, I have been covering the Royals for more than 20 years. It's funny, at one point, Harry says, you know anyone can call themselves a royal expert. And I felt a little like he was pointing the finger at me. But anyway, <laughs> I feel like having watched this family and this institution for 20 years and covered it, this is unprecedented access behind the curtain. Yeah. Home movies, photos. To me, that's the real, that's the revelation. So we know that his mother, Diana, and he says, I'm my mother's son, something he told people in the past as well, that she also spoke out about the institution and her experiences within it and was accused of, right, of really disrupting things and of basically talking out of turn and sharing a truth she shouldn't share. And I think that this is the extension of that. He is his mother's son. If Diana were here today, if she were this couple's age, if she had been raised in the social media era and the reality TV era, I think this is what you would have been seeing from her. Wow. Megan and Harry is now streaming on Netflix and part two of their docuseries comes out next Thursday, you guys, December 15th. Michelle, it's always so great to have you on. Thanks for stopping by to discuss this with me and we will have you back for the next part. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Janine. Okay, so imagine this. You're sifting your way through racks at some store, you know, doing a little holiday shopping here and there, when out of nowhere, you're treated to a free opera concert. That's what happened to some lucky shoppers. In a recent video that's been circulating on social media, a talented pianist is playing the piano at what looks to be a fairly busy store. And then a passerby stops, gives the piano player a little wave to signal, let me join in. And we'll just hear what happens. Just incredible and definitely a great way to brighten up the doldrums of running errands. Well, that is our show for today. I hope it brightened up your doldrums. <laughs> Thanks for clicking that download button once again. I'll talk to you tomorrow as we close out the week right here on People Every Day. <laughs> <laughs> 